Welcome to the St. Clair College Women in STEM Speaker Series Podcast. I'm your host, Sue Taylor, and I am the Program Manager of Innovation, Entrepreneurship, and Student Experience at the Genesis Entrepreneurship Centre, located in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. This podcast was developed to highlight women who have excelled in male-dominated industries and environments, women who are leaders, and women who serve to inspire and act as role models and mentors to young women, which we like to refer to as STEM champions. STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering and Math, and has most recently included Entrepreneurship and Manufacturing. Our goal is to support and foster these women and show that then they can accomplish all they set out to achieve and then some. Stay tuned to learn more about women working in STEM, their journeys, their challenges, their accomplishments, and so much more. This is the Women in STEM Speaker Series Podcast. take this opportunity to introduce you to today's special guest. She is an award-winning television producer uh, and director with over 30 years experience. Uh, She will typically find herself behind the camera instead of front of it, but we're going to change that today. So please welcome Marlene Corey from Kojiko and Your TV. Welcome Marlene and thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Sue. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. So let's start off just with a basics question, sort of how you got there, what's your education background, tell us your family life, things like that before we kind of dive sure. into things. Sure. Well, fun fact, I was uh, born in Toronto and I grew up in Toronto, Mississauga. And uh, I was really active with Rogers Cable way back in Mississauga. And so I learned way back when, like in grade eight, grade nine, that there's this whole world of technology, of cameras and racks and racks of computers and machines and it was fascinating and it basically demystified me watching the news every night with my mom and my mom was it was one of my mentors uh, a very loving strong hard-working person and she's like so fascinated with the news and so i was fascinated with the news and then ultimately i volunteered with the cable company i was involved really involved with my high school i went to uh, st christopher's And then I went to Clarkson High School in Mississauga, Toronto area, but it's volunteering. And so when I was in high school, I volunteered. I was on student government. Uh, We ran a really big cancer fundraiser. Uh, Clarkson High School was really giving to causes. So I volunteered. So I'll, I'll catch up. But ultimately, through volunteering, through helping a cause, I was able to learn technology because you're being interviewed. City TV was there. They're doing interviews. Once again, I'm seeing technology. I'm, I'm really intrigued, but I don't know a lot about it. So again, I continue to volunteer. And then fun fact, I came to the University of Windsor. I was accepted and I did a four-year uh, honors program in communications and media, but I knew no one. I knew one person who was in student government at the University of Windsor, but he was leaving. So I came to the University of Windsor basically kind of to get away and to start afresh. And I came for a four-year program and loved it. Fast forward, fell in love with Windsor and Essex County, met my husband, Brett Corey, my champion, my wonderful supporter. And then we have a beautiful family here in Windsor and Essex County. I've never left. And I'm a huge advocate of Windsor and Essex County. I tell my sisters in Mississauga, 
um, and in Oakville. Why pay those prices? You want to live in Windsor and Essex County. So my point about technology is I was fascinated. I was intrigued, just like we all are. We, we see a, uh, an application on your phone or a computer and you're intrigued. Do something about it. Learn about it. Mm-hmm. Pick it apart. Volunteer. I didn't know what television was all about. I was just fascinated. So I volunteered and I slowly learned. And then just like all the fine folks at St. Clair College, learn, take a course, become um, the master of your future. And of course, through technology, through education, I was able to learn and thank God be able to get a job in broadcasting, but fulfill and maintain a job, which is a really tough thing in this field. Well, absolutely. It's great advice too that you're giving. So, and you've been a producer for over 30 years with Kojiko. Yes. So yes. can you talk to us a little bit about exactly what does a producer do? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's funny because people are like, what do you produce? And ultimately a producer is a project manager. So it depends on the assignment, depends on the budgets and the assignment. But at your TV, we work with community producers. So I have had the honor and the privilege to work with some of the best people in the community, community leaders. So John Fairley face-to-face, the mayor's office for the summer games, the international children's games, uh, the business excellence awards, uh, plugged in with Andrea Morrison and Kara Rowe. So you, you have many hats. You're an organizer. You are a project manager. So you're given an assignment or you come up with an assignment and you basically have to create a critical path and follow it from start to completion to deadline. Mm-hmm. And along the way, you either have a budget and you're able to uh, hire a team, create a team, train a team. We have pretty tight budgets. So I am honored to work with volunteers, interns from St. Clair College, the university and high school. And so we collaborate, we work together and we get the job done. So congratulations to John Fairley uh, for 20 years, 20 seasons of Face to Face. Cue the music. But the thing about it is through working at Kojiko, which I have been so fortunate and thankful that they've allowed me to follow my heart and to be engaged in the community. I love working with the, commun- the charities, the community producers that care about the charities. What John Fairley's done for the hospice is it is a, uh, a milestone just to be a very small part of it. It is so fulfilling personally to be involved with the hospice face-to-face campaign, to be involved with, oh my gosh, when I think of um, uh, the cancer center, when we ran uh, the ride for dad and started raising money to build, uh, basically pay for the first MRI and the first Da Vinci. I didn't know what a Da Vinci robot was that basically cuts cancer out of people, but through volunteering and through Kojiko, we were able to donate money. We were able to raise money because we produced shows about the Da Vinci robot. Mm-hmm. And so basically what a producer does is where I'm a, a project manager. I start on an idea. I collaborate with many, many talented people mm-hmm. and we get the job done. And hopefully we educate, we inform, or we raise money for our community. And it has been such a, just a very fulfilling career that I, I'm just very thankful to Kojiko and to the whole team at your TV. 
That's awesome. And, and I see you all the time at events in within the community all the time. And so it's great because again, you are usually behind the camera. So yeah. it's nice to see, when we see you out, but we, you know, nobody gets to see those behind the scene things that, that, that you do. So right. you mentioned a little bit, you talked a little bit about technology. So how have you uh, found technology has changed um, over the years? Cause when you started versus now we're, we're living in a whole different ball game. We weren't Absolutely. having things like this that we've done virtually. So yes. how's, how have yes. things changed for you? And this is where I'm going to take you. We're going to reminisce. We're going to go back to the 70s and the 80s. I wish I could play some music, some awesome powers. But this is a Hitachi ENG news camera. ENG stands for electronic news gathering. This camera weighs approximately 50 pounds. It is metal, metal, and metal. And it uh, freezes. It heats up. And I would eventually be able to shoot my own stories with this camera and off the back end, it's tethered to a VTR, which is the recording device. And all these recording devices, this is what it looked like. This is what I started with. And why I say this, I know you might say, oh, this is so retro. How is this relevant? This was state of the art, but it was hard. It was outside of my comfort zone. Back then, we would use paper. We would interview people. We would write stories. I wasn't comfortable operating that broadcast camera. That wasn't something that I learned in high school or even in university. We didn't have that kind of technology. So you, I had to volunteer. I volunteered with the cable company, which is now your TV. But I learned how to um, manage this technology and, and manipulate it so that I could handle it. There's many people that can operate a camera, but a lot of people will say, sorry, young lady, you can't do that. We don't see young women be ENG producers. It was very difficult for me to come into a building. There was a lot of news reporters. And so, but my point being is I had to learn this stuff. No one gave me a nice little book and said, here we go, chapter one, chapter two. Do you have any questions? We had to troubleshoot. I had to troubleshoot. And again, I had a great team. I worked with incredible people that were very, very helpful and nurturing. But on the flip side of that, there was definitely a bias. I was a young lady and I came in and I did news. I was in front of the camera. Everybody's like, you need to be in front of the camera. And I was in front of the camera and I enjoyed it. We had such great interviews. Uh, we had a music show. I remember a lot of the artists from the casino we would interview. It was really fulfilling. But what happened is I wasn't learning how to, how to edit. I didn't know how to fix the camera when it heated up and the dew light came on. What do I do? How do you connect the wireless mic? Didn't know how to do that. But everybody was doing it, predominantly males, and they were being very helpful. But point being is I wasn't learning. I wasn't learning a new skill. And I want you to think about that in your surrounding. What are you learning? What are you pigeonholing yourself in? Is this comfortable? But what's your future going to look like? So I could see at an early age that as a reporter, I only had so much control. I could disseminate the story. I could research the story. I could portray the story. I couldn't edit it. I couldn't edit it down. I also couldn't get it to air. And so the point being, as a producer, I'm a bit of a control freak. John will tell you that. <laughs> Sit up straight. And so, <laughs> so my point being is by learning the technical aspects of TV, or learning the technical aspects of coding, of computer science, 
of machining, not just operating the equipment. How does it work? How do you troubleshoot when it breaks down? Because if you have to call up your, your IT department or your engineering department, doesn't that slow down your day? That Doesn't that defeat your project management? You trying to get something done, you have to rely on people. Uh, we, were, we were very fortunate. We had a very collaboration, like a team that collaborated. So we we're always, hey, Paul, I need help with this. He would help me. And then he would say, hey, Mar, I need help with this. I need help to organize. I don't know someone in the mayor's office. Can you help me? So do you see, if you build a strong team, not only do you get the job done, but you're learning from each other. You're teaching each other. And of course, you're upping your game. Paul Tan taught me so much in regards to computers. He brought in his first Mac and uh, he reminded me about this, but he said, this is the internet. What's the first word you want to research, right? And I'm like, what do you mean, anything? And he goes, anything. I said, chocolate, <laughs> right? So my point being is that was a long, long time ago. And from that point, I just wanted to show you that we can do hard things. I didn't know how to operate this gear. And by the end of, I'd say 10, 15 years, I was really good at all of those buttons in that room. But it doesn't stop there. You constantly have to upgrade. So what happened in any industry, and I've been very fortunate and I've been very supported by Kojiko, but there's changes. So news was basically being downscaled. And my job was now to produce Junior B hockey in this truck. This is a one-ton truck that loves to get picked up by the wind and move around like a sail. <laughs> I've been pulled over for speeding. I've had the doors flung open. The OPP have pulled me over because the load wasn't registered properly. Everything outside of my comfort zone. I did not know how to drive a one-ton truck. Yes, I was trained. Yes, you practice. But after working a long day, being the first on location at 8 in the morning and doing live tennis and leaving at 8 o'clock at night, I ran into a fence with this big truck. So I've made mistakes. I will continue to make mistakes. But that's life. But I've learned this truck does not make left-hand turns well. <laughs> were you working so, solo by yourself while you were doing I this? was working solo. Oh. I actually had a couple of interns, but I had a volunteer from Chatham. So again, you got to get the job done. So you pull in crew. Um, my family has crewed for me. <laughs> I mean, my poor daughter was eight, nine years old. And I'm like, you're tall enough. I need you to do camera. Just keep tilting down. You have too much headroom on the mayor. <laughs> my point being is I didn't know how to use this truck. I didn't know how to produce junior B hockey. This is uh, inside the truck. So inside the truck is, is a control room. And in this control room, we can operate nine to 11 video sources. Uh, Dave Renault, the Spitfire producer, he can run this truck with his eyes closed. And he can patch in cameras for hockey in the uh, hallways, up in the referee area, overhead cams. They, they can make this truck sing. But my point being is I had to learn this because I was going from news, which was one camera, to a multi-camera uh, basically assignment. So this is called EFP, electronic field production. So in this truck, you've probably seen it, mm -hmm. city council, shout out for city council, county council, live Spitfire hockey, live hockey. But what about the um, Special Olympics opening ceremony at the Windsor Family Credit Union? 
which was uh, broadcast live on TSN, that came out of this truck. And the point being is I got to work with Kara Rowe, John Fairley, we're collaborating, we're working in that truck. We've got uh, six, seven cameras. I've got a little camera there. That's a little ENG Panasonic camera going around and doing intros with Kara, interviewing the athletes outside. My point being is no one taught me how to do this. When I was in school, we didn't have cameras like that, right? And when you look at today, yes, the technology just keeps training, changing and keeps changing. And that's my point is you need to be a lifelong learner in technology. I took courses at St. Clair College along the way. I took Photoshop. I've taken some of the editing programs because I needed to upgrade my skills along the way. 30 years, I wanted to show you. I worked with a dinosaur camera. Now I'm my daughter's iPhone is the best thing in the world. And I absolutely love it in the portrait mode. It's the best. But the That's point the is technology, it's now technology not changes. Technology changes. It's inevitable. It's always going to change. But what happens is we do get comfortable. We get stagnant. We get cocooning. Uh, I don't want to work out of my comfort zone. It happens for me right now. I work on Adobe uh, editing. I love it. But we had Final Cut a couple years ago, and I loved Final Cut. But now it's Adobe. So, you know, something will be coming out in a couple years, and I'm going to have to learn that as well. I'm going to collaborate with young people. I'm also going to share my knowledge. So this is a picture of a community leader, Kara Rowe. And if you guys don't follow Kara Rowe on social media, please do. Because this is an example of a strong person. Not only is she physically strong, she's a professional boxer. She is a champion of the lightweight division in, in Detroit, in Canada, a world champion. But she has changed over her life. She has gone from being an athlete at the university to being a professional boxer to being a, a TV host with us. She came in, again, interested in television. She was at the university. She's like, I've never done this TV thing. Can, can we work together? It was my honor to work with her. She was our first female reporter at Spitfire Hockey. She was working at the uh, old arena and we were working behind the scenes. If you've ever been in that arena, watch your head. Like it's, it's just <laughs> such, a, such a tricky place to maneuver. And she would have to go interview the players. And we all see her. She is gorgeous. She's an athlete. She's dynamic. When she comes into the room, everybody's like, wow, who's that? So sure enough, and I want to talk about this. She'd go on location. And way back when, it wasn't usual for us to walk in. We'd be the only women. And that would be kind of strange, right? But we need to be confident. We need to be respectful. We would knock and say, hey, can we come in? And they're like, yes, they're fine. Everyone's, you know, presentable. We'd come in and we'd interview people. And that's, that's how we made the mark in slowly bringing in and breaking down the wall. Nowadays, you see women in locker rooms. You see them hosting hockey, hosting boxing. But this is a local person that broke that glass ceiling. She came in and through believing in herself, also working incredibly hard. She showed up early. She asked the questions, but she was okay to say, I don't know that. I don't understand this hockey thing. What's happening in overtime? Wh which players should I interview? But she knew how to talk to people. She knew how to listen. And because she was so dynamic, people wanted to talk to her. And so that's my whole point about when you think of a job, say you want to be an astronaut, 
say you want to be an engineer, but you don't see a, a female uh, role model. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have to work harder, but it is possible. And this is, I wanted to highlight Kara Rowe because she's broken so many basically barriers. And to this day, she breaks barriers because she's not a boxer anymore. She's a professional trainer of uh, Vegas uh, boxing. She is incredible. She spars with her own, her actual um, champions. So she's breaking ground. Uh, The next slide is a University of Windsor graduate. She's from Windsor. And you might not recognize her face, but if she said hello to you, you would totally get her. Her name's Claire Gallia, and I had the honor. She was a volunteer with us for about three years, and she is the voiceover artist for CBC Radio, TV, and Gem. She's a professional voiceover artist. Uh, You'll hear her on uh, Sleep Country right now, and every time I I watch a lot of TV, I watch a lot of news, I watch CTV, I'll hear Claire Gallia's voice, and my family... They're like, oh, that's Claire Gallia. But she's so much more than that. She came to us as a volunteer. And again, she was interested in television, but she was nervous. She didn't know how to do this. She was shy. She's like, I don't know how to do this. Um, I I come from a family of immigrants. Uh, You know, I'm not sure if this is going to be my career. She worked so hard with us. She volunteered with us for about three years, honing her craft learning how to use her voice, how to project, how to hold a microphone. And then eventually she graduates. She has a really good demo tape. She goes to Toronto. She gets a really kind of awful offbeat radio show, pays you no money. As I'll tell you, in the early days, working broadcasts, you don't get paid well. But she worked her way up. And then she, of course, started to get her foot in the door with CBC, but it's contract. But this is where it gets really exciting. She worked at an ad agency and they needed her to produce TV commercials mm-hmm. way back when, you know, 15 years ago, she didn't know how to produce a TV commercial. A TV commercial is different than producing a studio show. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to produce a TV commercial. You get the idea, but this is an ad agency. Fast forward to today. Some of her budgets are $5 million. You'll recognize them. The, the Walmart teddy bear animated commercial. She, with a team of approximately 100 people, produced that 30-second Walmart teddy bear commercial. Or the coolest one I love is the WestJet commercial with the cows walking through the airport. It's supposed to be the Toronto airport. Yeah. That airport was in Spain. Claire Gallia was in Spain for weeks. They used five cows, and through CGI, they replicated the cows. But can you believe it? Not only did she have to get her crew to Spain, predominantly they're all from Toronto and North America, get them to Spain, close down an airport for a very short time. I think it was, she said, like three days. Mm-hmm. But then they had to wrangle live cows. Like, how do you know how to talk to a cow and wrangle a cow? So talk about technology and and cow relationships. That commercial is award-winning. She has so many commercials. The Sick Kids Sick Kids commercial with the animated neon, she also produces that one as well. So she is an award-winning TV producer, uh, a great tennis player, uh, mm-hmm. but again, she is CBC's voiceover artist. Came from Windsor, learned like you did mm-hmm. in a studio at St. Clair, at the university, volunteered to learn, 
to build her own confidence, to be able to say on a resume, I volunteered. And so please give me an opportunity and open the door so I can work in radio. I can work in TV. And so through these strong people, and the example is what's on your list? What's Mm -hmm. on your list? The people and the students of St. Clair and the university and high schools that are listening, what's, what's, on your list, what's on your your bucket list? What are, what's the the secret dream that's you know you think about but you don't want to voice because you would like to be a TV producer, you would like to be an astronaut, you would like to be uh, a, a scientist who's coding the next next vaccine, mm-hmm. but you don't know who to talk to. So you need to research. You need to constantly go to school and learn a new skill. But you need to volunteer. You need to reach out and say. Hey, I'm young. I have a car. I can help you with this charity event. Mm-hmm. But will you teach me project management? Will you teach me um, coding if you're working with Red Piston? And my point being is, there's people in Windsor and Essex County that are all over the all over the world doing incredible things, and they all started here. And it seems like putting you out of your comfort zone is sort of a pattern with you <laughs> within your career. And then again, I love that you're, you know, and and there's sort of the mentorship piece with the last two women that you talked about. Both of them, I'm assuming you've mentored these women because you're teaching them how to, um, and not only being a part of your team, but also kind of guiding them through that, that their process. Like, I can't even imagine being having to do if not knowing anything about hockey and having to be announced like be the announcer or like right. interviewing for that when not knowing anything so right. what and a it's challenge so, it's so true and what you're saying sue is that you know we don't know how to do everything and we're going to fail and so you might say hey i want to be a, a hockey announcer and you may screw up you mess up names you may not know how to turn on the microphone or change the battery and they're screaming at you change the battery. And you're like, where's the battery? But the point being is, uh, Claire, uh, and of course, so many Amber Hunter, uh, Andrea Morrison, amazing people that I work with. They come in with a confidence and they come in with, I know I don't know everything, but I'm willing to learn. Mm-hmm. And a whole point about it is don't defeat yourself. Every person that does something different or something new, they're going to be nervous. They're going to be unsure. They're going to have self-doubt. I start something new and I will have self-doubt. I was excited today. Again, I'm usually behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that I come across that you can hear me, that it's sincere, but I truly want to give you information that inspires you. And that's what these people have done. And what that's what I'm saying to you is have confidence in yourself. Lean in. I love that term. Lean in. Get to the table. You know, the Sheryl Sandberg book, which is incredible. Lean in, lean in. Yes, you're not at the table with other people that look like you. But the point being is if we include a a diverse group of people at the table, we all win. Mm -hmm. It it improves all of our, our, the culture of our workplace. We all learn. So we shouldn't be at a table with people that all look like me or people that all look like your dad. Mm -hmm. We need to create and foster diversity. And uh, we have to break down the bias of that just because I'm young or just because I'm old or just because I'm white or just because I'm new to the country. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Our voices are so powerful if they're heard. And if we really listen to each other, 
we all win. No, absolutely. We have done uh, we've done some lean in circles with the STEM club, actually. So we've had them hosted and, you know, talked about Cheryl Sandberg and, and she just did an event with the Detroit Economic Club that uh, we had uh, access and got to walk, watch her speak, which was amazing. So can you give us some other examples of women defying gender roles that you've worked with? Up absolutely. To absolutely. When I think of uh, one of the biggest thing, and again, I'm thanking St. Clair College is uh, John Fairley asked me to volunteer to be on the St. Clair College Alumni Foundation. Mm -hmm. And so it was an honor, and I learned about all the great awards. But through that, again, through volunteering, uh, and a a very important time of personal growth for me, I was uh, asked to apply to be a volunteer on the St. Clair College Board of Governors. And it was a six-year term. And during that time, it was such an important time for personal growth, because I'm a techie. I like mm-hmm. buttons, I like computers, but I don't understand governance. Mm-hmm. I don't I understand fiduciary roles of institutions, million dollar institutions. So I was able to learn. And through St. Clair, they invite you to workshops and, and you, you meet incredible people. Well, one person that I met who has been such an inspiration and a mentor to me is President Patty France. Mm-hmm. And so as um, a board member of St. Clair, we had the honor of um, basically helping and in, in going through the transition of President France was the VP and then she became the president. And, and this is what I want to tell you is that you meet people and you meet them and they may be, with all due respect, they may be small, demure. They may be beautiful and sophisticated. And people assume, oh, this person is, you know, this person's quiet. My point being is do not judge a book by its cover. Patty France is a force to be reckoned with. (laughs) She is the hardest working, brilliant, dynamic, multifaceted expert in so many areas. Uh, Many, many years ago through work, I was at a big event and they called it WedNet. And they were basically Kojiko, the hospitals, the college and the university were building a internet web system all through Windsor and Essex County. Mm-hmm. And I came to the table uh, on behalf of Kojiko. And basically, I looked around the table and I think there was two other females. President France was there and mm-hmm. probably someone from the university. And other than that, there was like probably 25 other engineers and project managers in regards to building uh, you know, interconnected community partners, schools, hospitals, businesses. My point being is, I didn't know her well back then, and seeing her rise and lead the college to such great heights, and how she has managed with such humility and such a nurturing leadership, mm-hmm. it's something that I love that you can be a force, you can be smart and brilliant, but you can be yourself. You can be glamorous with great shoes. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have to look like, uh, you know, a geeky engineer to be brilliant. Mm-hmm. My point being is, if you look that way, great. But you need to be you, whatever that is. But you also need to keep leaning in and pushing yourself so that you're uncomfortable to learn the next step, to learn the next le- level for you, for your growth. Mm-hmm. And my growth was being a volunteer on the board with St. Clair and having the honor of working with Patty France and the whole senior board. It, it was, it was a great time. 
So how do you, how do you handle conflict when you're, you know, the only woman in the group or one of few women in the group? Yes. Yes. And this is a great question because, um, I'll, I'll go back. I was driving the truck and, uh, I think I was like eight months pregnant going to the, uh, Forest Glade Arena, Forest Glade Arena to do junior B hockey. And boy, did I look like a fish out of water. And so you pull up in this truck and the Zamboni guys open the door and they look at me and they're like, what the, who is driving this truck? And my point with conflict, and I know this is going to be kind of like a fun way, but with conflict that is bullying, harassing, inappropriate, Mm -hmm. somewhat even illegal, you need to deal with it right away. And myself, I grew up with five brothers and sisters. You learn to, you know, relax. Don't, don't worry about it. You know, pick your battles. It's okay. No, if it is something that's immoral, illegal, bullying, harassment, you need to deal with it right away because it's going to fester. It's going to create a culture that is not healthy for anyone. Male, female, young, old, diverse. If someone is being inappropriate to you, you need to call them out and say, what did you say? Mm -hmm. Pardon me? And you need to deal with it right away and say, that's not appropriate. Do not speak to me like that. And if that's not going to work, you need to talk to your superior. You Mm -hmm. need to write it down and send it off in an email. But you need to nip it in the bud early. For example, we all know brothers and sisters, you know, pick at each other, pick at each other, pick at each other. If you don't deal with it, it gets worse. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to belittle, but in a work environment, it can be criminal. It could be harassing. It could be bullying. As a woman, and again, I was a young woman for a long time. Still are, babe. Still are. (laughs) Good lighting. Good lighting. It's twilight. So, but my point being is, If you don't speak up for yourself, who's going to speak up for you? And in in a culture of a workplace, we all need to be allies for each other. So if someone is saying something to my colleague, Paul, or my colleague, you know, Joe, I need to speak up because if you speak up for your colleagues, they'll speak up for you. You need to create that culture of support. Now, if you do not work in a culture of support, Maybe you have to reassess where you're working because sometimes you can't change the culture. You can, you can share your voice and say, Hey guys, this is not appropriate. We should not be talking about body parts. We're all human. And yes, women can cry. Yes. Men can cry, right? You need to be real, but you need to be part of the puzzle, part of the solution to create an environment that is supportive that you have collaboration and you build allies with each other. I I, I truly feel strongly that some men don't want to climb ladders because they're scared of heights. Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? In our studio, I can climb in the good old days. I climb ladders and I'm tall and I have really long ape arms. So I could change lights in the grid. Mm -hmm. There's some people that are five foot three that are male that can't reach and change the lights in the grid. Do you understand? It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're male or female. What are you comfortable with? If you're not comfortable with heights, you shouldn't be climbing the ladder. Mm-hmm. Just an example. We're all human. But if we create a, a, a collaboration of, of nurturing and we've got each other's back, we're all going to win. So, so speaking of ladders, how do you keep a job in technology and then still manage to climb that corporate ladder? Yeah. And that's a really good question because... 
so many people, um, when I, years ago, when I said I'm working for the cable company, I, my brother-in-law, who's an engineer in Toronto for hydro, he said, Oh, you know, don't even bother about that field. It's it TV's going to be free and there's going to be this free Wi-Fi everywhere. So you're not going to need to pay for television. You're not, you're not going to have a future. Didn't little did we not know that we didn't understand about 4k and 8k video files that you have to have fiber. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we didn't know what fiber was, but fiber connects our communities in every which way possible, from our hospitals to our schools to our entertainment. So in regards to technology, if I kind of just go back, I started as a volunteer. I started in news. I like to talk to people. I like to listen to people. But that job changed because there were layoffs. Mm-hmm. I wasn't asked, do you want to do hockey? I had to do hockey to keep my job. I had to drive that big, difficult truck and not try to roll it. I had to learn that skill. So my point being is in technology, you always need to be ahead of the curve. You can't stay in that field and say, I'm going to be a uh, graphic artist that creates on, I'm just trying to think of an old platform, Chiron. Chiron was a graphics program for news. Now we use... 20 years later, we use Adobe, we use Inscriber. It's always going to change. You know that. You young, smart whippersnappers on your iPhones and your Android, you can do more on your phone than I can do in that big studio with all of those monitors and you know cables. So you always have to be ahead of the curve. What's the latest? You need to be ahead of it. You need to join Yvonne Pilon's we tech. You need to learn what's happening. You need to learn um, about the uh, associations and listen to the podcasts, get the newsletters, read up on where technology is going in your field. If you're in medical, it's going, as we all know, high tech. If you're in broadcasting technology, we all know you self-produce. What people can produce on their phone in, in a broadcast, podcast, it's the future. It's here. And everyone can do it. And you can do it on such a, a limited budget and reach an international world, an international audience that that was not possible 10 years ago. So the whole point about technology is you constantly have to be a lifelong learner. How are you doing it now, now that you're working from home? Right. So again, um, I just took the WeTech. Uh, I signed up for Tuesday uh, lunch meetings, learned some cool things about social media. Uh, I uh, definitely subscribed to industry technology. I subscribe to, there's a program for hands-on training in regards to Adobe. When you get a new download for Adobe and you get new graphics mm-hmm. and you have to manip- manipulate those graphics and make them move and zoom, um, some of it's self-taught. Right. So nowadays you can basically go through Google and the help ad of any software program and teach yourself. But you wouldn't be surprised. So many people say, oh, I don't know how to operate this. Mm-hmm. Open up the help tool. Open up and, re- and you guys know Google. Google it and figure it out and try, try, try. And if it doesn't work, then you're going to have to sign on for online training. But uh, the whole thing with technology is it's changing so fast, but in some cases, it's actually getting simpler. When you think of what an iPhone does, there's no deep focus. There's no color correction. 
Uh, it basically follow focuses for you. It checks your audio. All the stuff that I had to wear a hat to listen to the audio and make sure the color temperature is fine. The iPhone's doing it for you. Mm-hmm. I am not endorsed by iPhone, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to tell you, it, again, now that we are able to do all these courses online, it's so much easier because you have access to everything. So we're doing right. um, workshops within Genesis Center. I have people from all over the world. Like uh, we had Zambia, Africa. I've had from Greece, from Italy, from England, from all across the United States. And so I usually have them just kind of put in the chat where they're from. Because they're going and searching on Eventbrite and finding it. And it's just like, you know, it's actually nice that we're touching all these people and they're able to learn. And in the same way, like I have been uh, taking all the WeTech ones as well. So using social media and they've been awesome. She's fantastic from uh, Whiskey Jack and uh, Blab Media. She's amazing. So Katie at Blab, she's a a powerhouse. She knows more upstairs about social media. Yeah. Than anyone that I've talked to in a long time. So thank you. We tech. She's incredible. So yeah, I've been taking all of, all of those and absolutely loving, like it's just been, um, and I, I'm just like kind of like you're a connoisseur of all this information now and it's only helping like you, once you learn it, you can't take it away either. Right. Exactly. and tired of asking my son, can you help me with this? And my son will go, mom, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is how you fix it. You go on this thing called the internet machine and you type into Google and you ask it and it will tell you how to do it. And then I'm like, oh, the Google, but he doesn't want to show me. He's like, unless you do it yourself, you're not going to learn. So, and I'm, and I'm actually, I'm fairly techie, but not enough to the, to the point that, you know, he's just using it as a way to harass me. But right. it's true because then I'll know the next time because I've done it instead of handing it to him and have him fix it. So anyway, the more we're taking in all this information and uh, and just learning as much as possible. So um, can you I just wanted there your next slide. I want you to explain this event for me. Yes. Yes. This looks like fun. It is fun. <laughs> this was the good old days. So this was at Casino Windsor in the big ballroom, the big Augusta ballroom. And this was uh, this is such a wonderful event. This is the Windsor Essex Regional Chamber of Commerce Business Excellence Awards. And I'm sitting with a dynamic, brilliant, young uh, media producer, Elise LaPan. She has been a part-time person with us, uh, but she actually has her own company now and she does her own uh, media, own social media, but she volunteered with us. Mm-hmm. And here she is directing and I'm producing. There's the Media uh, Street script well-organized. But these events, again, you collaborate with the best in the industry. Media Street produces the event. And what our job is at Your TV Kojiko is to capture all the atmosphere of the room, people winning awards, jumping up from their seats, just like at the Oscars, because they don't know. We have a jib, which is a big television arm that comes from Ottawa. And uh, Graham Donnell comes from Ottawa. He's a CBC Olympic jib operator. He does the Olympics. He does everything. He's over off to the left. He comes in and I have a script and I know that uh, Grant Fairley at table 92 just won an award. And right before they announce his name, I get the jib to follow him him. And then when the lights change, he jumps up. We follow him to stage. We go to four different cameras. So I'm calling the show and Elise is directing. And ultimately we would record it. It might be a little long. And then I'd go back to the studio edit it out, edit out any kind of awkward thing. If we brought up the wrong graphic or we, we cut to the wrong camera, we edit it and then it goes to air. And the honor of that is 
that show has been running for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so hundreds and hundreds of business professionals have been honored. And I will tell you, I've seen the Chamber of Commerce from Oakville, from Ottawa, from many big cities. And the show that's produced by Media Street and the Windsor-Essex Regional Chamber of Commerce, the Committee of Volunteers, it is the biggest, most glamorous event. And it's all done here in Windsor and Essex County. And so I miss these days. Look at, we're all together and there's no masks. I know. And uh, I miss those days. I, I love to see that it's two women behind the scenes for that as well. So absolutely. And, and I hope I like like listening to you talk. And again, I've had some uh, great experiences. I did work at CBC in Toronto when I was in school. And uh, I also um, a couple of years ago, I worked on the Juno Awards and I was a stage manager behind stage. I don't think I told you that story, um, but behind stage. Um, and we had like they aired after the Junos, a live stage thing. And I was a stage manager making sure everybody was out on time. So like you get it. And I have people I have no idea who they are. I have a picture of them on my phone and I have to find that artist and make sure he's on stage at 10.03 or all hell breaks loose. Yeah, it was it was tons of fun. Like it's just the rush that you get from doing it. But when people are sitting at home watching it on TV and all these things that you produce, they just don't get what goes into doing that. All the pre-prep work and renting a renting a thing that's coming down from Ottawa. Like, are you kidding? You know, there's so much that goes on. So anyway, it's incredible. It's you're so right. It's in the details. And that's one thing. I'm a very um, picky, detailed person. You know, if your collar's not right, the stage is not right, the lighting's not right, we, we got to tweak it. And uh, it's hands on. I'm sweeping floors. I'm moving sets because I want everyone to look good. Yeah. And I want all of the energy that Media Street and the casino and the chamber has collaborate, I want to capture it. Yeah. And so that's where people see something that's 30 seconds and they're like, oh, that's a nice promo. That might've taken a week. Mm -hmm. That might've taken 50 takes to nail that. Um, and so the whole point is it's collaboration, it's technology, but you really need to work with good people and have each other's back. And uh, it's been such an honor uh, to work with so many community producers and so many leaders of our community. When we did um, Super Bowl Ice Festival here in Windsor, right? The big game was in Detroit, but in Windsor, we had this festival for a week. We had local artists come down to sing and perform and we would broadcast it. But remember, yeah. there was an ice storm. So we were still able to go live. Thank God to good Kojiko internet. But what was happening, the artists were freezing. So yeah. now as a producer, not only are we directing, but I'm getting them soup. Like, yeah. They're freezing. So we're getting soup for the volunteers and the artists. We're feeding the artists because they're freezing. So these are the things that you have to troubleshoot. And, you know, there's technology involved, but also it's, it's human respect and, yeah. and treating everyone with kindness. Um, and your point about trying to wrangle artists backstage, right? It's, it's like, sometimes it's so difficult. You got to grab people. It's just like at Spitfire Hockey. Oh, we, yeah. have we have young interns that they're, they're usually smaller than a hockey player who's up on skates. They have to physically grab them and say, you need to stand here with a headset and a towel. And then when they leave and they try to take the towel away, we got to grab the towel back and say, no, you can't see the towel. Nowadays, the towel would go into COVID disinfection. But you physically have to grab people and get them in their spot because live at seven means live at seven. Yeah. You have, so, you have to be able to handle people too because 
you know, again, and, and know how to talk to people in a way that you're still, you're getting your point across. You're getting them to do what you need them to do. Absolutely. And still, you know, with, and still maintaining their respect. So, yes. and again, yes. and you've worked with John for 20 years now. Yay! And so over 20, but, but those are the things that like, again, you're right. It's if they have, if something's not right, if their hair is out of place, everybody will notice the fact that, Oh, look at his hair. They're not paying attention to what they're Correct. saying. They're Correct. noticing that his, his ties crooked or whatever. So you make sure all those perfections. So people will focus on exactly what they need to focus on. Absolutely. So. Because and it's, there, there's so more things I know that sounds, but your person's going to be upstaged, right? Yeah. If by chance that the audio is out of sync, they're not going to listen to the fact that they're talking about COVID protocols and how many people are ill because their audio is out of sync or, uh, you know, the video's dark or whatever. It needs to be professional. So you're right. listening to the person. If it is too, um, you know, noisy, it's unprofessional, someone has spinach in their teeth, you're not going to listen to that person. And ultimately, we're trying to make the person look good and look professional so that we capture a great story. And uh, the BEAs is a great story. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, because I know we're getting tight, is the Athena Scholarship. And yes. I wanted to say this. I can ask you about that. St. Clair College. St. Clair College is such a advocate and a uh, proponent for scholarships. But this scholarship is near and dear to my heart. Loretta Stoiko, Suzanne and Leanne Doyle, the incredible elite Athena leadership team, they run this scholarship program. And students from St. Clair are eligible, the university, uh, male and female. But the deadline is April 30th but it's a $5,000 scholarship. So you need to go to the website. You need to go to technology, athenascholarshipwindsor.com. And you need to apply because education is your future. It will propel you. It will determine your future. And if you have Athena scholarship on your resume, people will take note. There's also a scholarship, a workshop, um, you know, years ago, there used to be Chicago, it used to be in really high end uh, facilities. I'm not sure what we're going to be able to do uh, this summer or fall. But the point being is, please, St. Clair College students, post-secondary students apply to the Athena scholarship. Oh, that's awesome. So I, and I, again, I was, we were working with the scholarship committee and I can't even believe the number of scholarships that are available <laughs> to the students. And it's just, just apply, like apply for as many as you possibly can. But we did uh, send a special shout out for that because it's such an, like $5,000 is a lot of money. Like, so, you know, especially as a student that is upgrading or having a, to pivot and mm -hmm. learning a new skill. Like, that's the other thing is who's to say, I'm looking forward to going back to St. Clair and taking some courses. You know, the other day, Mr. Google helped me. I took <laughs> apart my Dyson vacuum and, and I fixed my own vacuum. I'm going to put that on my resume, I think. And I know that's really silly, but a $700 vacuum uh, and basically a workshop tutorial taught me to take it apart, clean it and put it back together. And so my point being is education, if it's through the college, the university, online, with scholarship, with support, you're going to basically master your future. You are the destiny of your future. And education is key. Uh, so uh, speaking of future, what do you see for the future in broadcasting? How do you see that changing now that, again, you're doing handling all this from home? I know John has been recording his show on his own and, you know, submitting it to you to get edited and, and ready for to air. So how do you see 
in a, and COVID's thrown us into this. So right. how do you see how do you see broadcasting changing over the next few years? Right. It's so true. We've all had to pivot. COVID has been such an overwhelming sadness in so many ways. But what I love, because I'm an optimist, is that through technology, we are actually, we can be closer to people that are so far away. John just, just did an interview with friends from Hawaii. So through, through technology, through, through uh, Zoom or Microsoft or, you know, Skype or, you know, FaceTime, the beauty about technology and broadcasting is before it would be very difficult to connect to someone in BC or Hawaii because there's budgets, there's time zones. Um, I earlier in the COVID uh, cycle, I was able to connect with Gretel Montgomery, who was a volunteer. She's now um, she's a film actress. She's now uh, uh, living out there. But my point with all of this is how technology has changed. It's made it easier for us to connect to people that are far away. And when mm -hmm. I say connect, it's not just a phone call. Is we are interviewing these people and we're sharing it back home. So with Gretel, with David Zura, who's in Vancouver, uh, a St. Clair College graduate in media, mm -hmm. he works for City TV in Vancouver. We did a, a big Zoom in, uh, interview, and he told me about what he does at City TV Vancouver. Through technology, we could do that. But prior to COVID, I would have never been able to have the budget to fly out there or the time mm -hmm. and, and basically interrupt his day. I basically interviewed him for an hour, you know. Mm -hmm. And we got it done. Technology has made things more accessible, easier, mm -hmm. and of course, within budget. And that's a big part about broadcast is you got to get the job done and you have to hit your deadline. So with Zoom or Microsoft meetings or FaceTime, you can get it done. So we all know that technology is making our lives easier, but we have to use it correctly. Mm -hmm. Being on a screen 24-7 is not good for anyone's soul. No. My, my tired eyes, you know. So my point with technology, your question about the future, it, you see it. It's all going to be uh, screen-based. It's going to be um, basically Wi-Fi-based. But you can run, think of it, you can run a podcast from home. Mm -hmm. if, if you want to lead that in regards to your medical field or mm -hmm. your craft and your DIY home, isn't there a um, a young person in um, I think Windsor that runs nail art from home mm -hmm. and is supposedly a YouTube millionaire oh. from running tutorials on nail art from her home and of course technology has helped her solidify her career. She never leaves her house and I'm pretty sure she's got over a million views wow. and a million followers on YouTube and all through technology, a screen, a phone at home. So it's here, but you need to learn to use it properly, that mm -hmm. it assists you. And of course, it helps you with your career. It doesn't basically, you know, make you a, uh, an insomnia, you know, bat watching a screen all day. So no, 100%. So is there anybody who you would like to thank or acknowledge that's kind of brought you along your way? And absolutely sum up. I, I have to thank my family. Uh, my husband, Brett Corey, Blair, Erica Corey, they are my light. They are my inspiration. And um, they, they're a lot of fun. And they make my life 
so entertaining. And we bring to the table. They help me now. I remember when they were little, when the girls were little, I would bring them to the studio and they loved the chairs and they loved all the buttons. They do help me a lot now in regards to technology. Because again, it's collaboration, right? It's reciprocal. I taught them a little few tricks. They teach me some tricks. So again, thank you to my family. And then ultimately, thank you to the whole team at Kojiko Your TV because they've really allowed me to follow my heart, which is working with the students, working with the charities, and then segueing it to working with St. Clair College. Incredible, incredible people at St. Clair, the Mediaplex, and my good friend, John Fairley, and Patty France. Again, it's been such an honor. And uh, I can't believe how many people we've met through John interviewing them, bringing them into studio. And it's almost um, unfortunate that you can't see all the behind the scenes fun Mm -hmm. stuff that John does with them and all the fun questions and jokes. But it's been such a blast. And 20 years has gone by in such a blink of the eye. And again, Windsor and Essex County is a really, really special place. And that's why I I really love talking to you today, Sue, and to the students of St. Clair, because I can't tell you enough that um, start, start here and go anywhere, but start at St. Clair and stay in Windsor and Essex. Let's keep the brain power in Windsor and Essex. Let's keep the STEM experts in Windsor and Essex because it's exciting times in Windsor and Essex County. Oh, that's so nice. And, and, and I love that you're using like all the schools, like taglines, <laughs> right? <laughs> here, go anywhere, rise above the ordinary. I'm like, come on, Marlene, really? <laughs> Hey, I know branding. (laughs) They're good. They're good. It's all about branding. Oh, that's incredible. So thank everyone for so much for joining us and uh, supporting the St. Clair College Women in STEM Club. And again, Marlene, you were amazing as usual. So it was so nice to have you on and uh, such an inspiring talk. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to the St. Clair College Women in STEM Speaker Series podcast highlighting women trailblazers who have excelled in male-dominated industries and environments. If you're a St. Clair College student who would like more information on the Women in STEM Club, or you're a woman working in STEM or a leader in your field and are interested in being featured on our podcast or acting as a mentor for one of the incredible young women in our STEM Club, you can email us at stem at stclaircollege.ca to sign up. Be sure to connect with us on social media at St. Clair Genesis. For more information on the Genesis Entrepreneurship Center, or for details on our workshops and entrepreneurial resources, you can visit our website at www.stclaircollege.ca slash genesis. If you'd like this episode, please make sure to let us know by leaving a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Thank you so much for joining us and supporting St. Clair College, the Genesis Entrepreneurship Center, and women in STEM. Until next time.